Hey y'all, this is Brian Johnson. You are tuning in to Jigga Set Radio. to another episode of Jigga Set Radio. We're here with yet another guest. I never walked through the buttons with you. Didn't walk through the buttons. I'm so sorry. What buttons? Uh, well, you're going to find out today. You're going to learn some today. Okay. So uh, we have our our guest on here. His name is Brian Johns. Y'all make some noise for him. Okay. Let's hit the buttons. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, my friend. You sound like white folks. You should... What? That's a white folks applause. You're already cutting up, I see. I'm not trying to. (laughs) So, um, so welcome to the show. As I tell all of our guests, we're just having a conversation. You know, it's um, we can laugh together, we can cry together. But the point of this podcast is for you to be authentically you, and um, this also is therapeutic. Okay. Um, How's that drink you mix together? It is. Very interesting. Mm, what makes it interesting? Mm, it's <laughs> flavor profile. And um, do you want to walk the crowd through what it is that you concoct? It is some type of alcohol in juicy juice. I don't. I'm unfamiliar with the flavor of the juicy juice. <laughs> but in um, <laughs> recognition of tradition, I used it, and I probably should have used Sprite. I'm paying homage to his childhood. So speaking of childhood, <laughs> uh, let's get the, tell the world who you are. Who, who do you? Uh, who are, who is Brian Johns? Okay, that's your camera. Okay, <laughs> if we can, I, do I have to talk over this music the whole time? I can bring the music. Yes, down. bring it down. I can't even see myself. Thing. I'm just trying to, you know. Hey, y'all. Are they can they really? Okay, let me stop breaking the fourth wall. What is the fourth wall? You, 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 you can they, I can you, you can talk you can talk to him, but you can also talk to your talk audience. to the camera. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool, yeah, cool. no, it's, it, we're really chill here. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> you're not on stage. In the fourth wall is like when you look directly in the camera. Oh, okay. Because you're supposed to be an imaginary world your interpretation. Okay. Who is Brian Johns? <laughs> I I believe that um Brian Johns is somebody that is loving and compassionate and very curious mm-hmm. and cares about the world around him. Mm-hmm. Can be a little uh neurotic sometimes. Mm-hmm. And also is fun. That's what I think. Okay. And it's funny, but don't try to be funny sometimes. I don't fucking know. And it's talented. Is often misunderstood. I ain't say all that. I, I'm, I'm adding additional content. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I can be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. So why do you think that is? During those moments where you feel like you are sometimes misunderstood, why is that? Um, Sometimes... 
I really, sometimes I don't know. I think sometimes my actions can be perceived as some certain, a certain way. Mm-hmm. And my intention is different mm-hmm. than what my actions do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it kind of can be a little confusing. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I ain't ready yet. No, it's okay. Uh, again, the, uh, this this uh, being on a podcast is oftentimes therapeutic. So there's mm-hmm. things about oneself that um, you you find out about um, mm-hmm. while in the midst of talking. So True. don't don't feel bad for not having an answer per se about you know certain things I may ask you because you may not have actually thought about it. True. So um, some some of the elements you uh, forgot to mention in your introduction is like the things that you do. Oh yeah. So let's talk about that. Okay. And the reason why I did not mention those things because I've learned to uh, divest what I do from who I am. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm not doing those things, when I did have them clumped together, I felt badly about myself. Like I felt worthless. Mm-hmm. So I, my worth is not tied to what I do. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I I own my own business and my own company. Okay. I am a trained singer. I am a writer. I have a book published on Amazon.com. Uh, <laughs> what was it? I have a book. It's titled The Fragile Fortitude of a Black Man. Okay. Why well, did I not know this? I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't know you didn't know this. I did not know that. Wait, yes. I just learned something. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. That was published in 2016, 17, and it chronicles my journey to healing, the way I processed the death of my father, and the way I processed my journey to self-worthiness after being sexually abused as a kid. Mm-hmm. Also, in addition to that book, I um, write television pilots, plays, and stuff like that. I'm um, a director now. I've been asked to direct a short film, which is pretty cool. Also, I'm an actor. No, no. Some I run a puppy pound. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, that's that's about it. Well, let's start. Let's 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 uh, dissect uh, all of those. Well, if you think of it later on, don't don't be shy. Go ahead and express okay, it. Man. Again, this is about you, the world. Whatever the world wants to know about you, this, right. it's in your hands. So let's talk about your entrepreneurship. No, actually, no. We're going to start before that. Let's talk about your childhood, right? So we, uh, you say you processed the death of your father. How long ago did you lose your father? I lost my father in 2009, mm-hmm. my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And what, uh, what, how much did your father mean to you? How, how much did he affect the, the version of yourself that we are looking at today? Oh, that's a great question. He really instilled in me my fortitude. Mm-hmm. And he made me grow up in a way that was self-sufficient in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. to where I didn't have to rely on the people around me all the time. Like there were consequences, excuse me, to the, to my actions. Yeah. Like I remember one time, excuse me, it's this drink. I remember one (laughs) time my black ass had a dog, you know, sometimes I would bring in random dogs in the house and they would let me keep them, but I would give them (laughs) bitches away. So I had a dog this time and my black ass decided to ride my bike to target which is like three miles away, to get him some dog food instead of going to work <laughs> at this place called Pump It Up. It's like an indoor bounce house place. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm going to be back in time or whatever. It took me a long time, and my dad was supposed to drive me to work. So by the time I got home, 
My dad was like, where the hell were you at? And I was like, I was up there getting the dog food for the, I came in with some cans and stuff like that. He said, put them cans down. You're going to ride your, that bike to your job. Baby, I, I was like, damn. I rode my bike to my job, but on the way, I stopped for Chinese food. And by the time I got. <laughs> this sounds very familiar, Brian. By the time I got to my job, it was like about 9 o'clock. I had about 15 minutes left on my little shift. What? I don't and I said, I'm here, y'all. It was, I had to ride my back. I said, I'm shit. If I'm a hustle, if I'm a struggle, I'm gonna have a good time on the way, baby. I sure did. It took me a while. And um, I learned a lot. My dad was like, I'm not driving you home. You gonna, you gonna to work. You gonna do what you have to do. You shouldn't have made that decision. I lost that job too. <laughs> I said, why ain't they putting me on the schedule? I was like, I said, not y'all letting me go and not even telling me. Right. Yeah, no. Maybe it was a mess. So um, so learning lessons, um, little lessons like that mm-hmm. from, from your, your father. Yeah, he um, also gave me independence. Mm-hmm. And um, that's another thing to like figure things out. Because like when it was one time where I wanted to go to the movies or something like that. And my mom was like, oh, okay, I'll drive you. I was like, okay. My dad was like, no, he's going to learn how to catch the bus. So mm-hmm. he rode with me down the bus line and taught me how to get where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And that opened up a, a web of connecting different things like oh, I can take the bus here I yep. can do this it gave me mm-hmm. independence it gave mm-hmm. me um, self-reliance mm-hmm. that I've used in my life now and he didn't really in- institute those principles like with my other siblings as much mm-hmm. I don't know why maybe because he had gotten sick so he wasn't able to mm-hmm. but I am really appreciative of what he instilled in me so how, how important do you feel especially in today's generation having those moments where uh, self-sufficiency, independence are instilled in, the ch- in children. How, how important do you think that is to have those core values installed, instilled in you? Because um, a lot of a lot of people today, the children today, Generation Alpha, um, they started over. They don't mm-hmm. have those core skills, and they they oh, they grew into Uber and Lyft, mm-hmm. have, and, you know, being their norm. Mm-hmm. And we grew into an era where taking the bus getting transfers all over the city. Like, that was our norm. That's how we got around. So how important do you feel, like, those mo- those moments are for growing up? I think those moments are paramount. And I have an idea about that. It still takes money mm-hmm. to get an Uber, just like it took money to get a bus. Like, mm-hmm. we were struggling for that 350 to get on the bus. It was like, damn, it used to be two dollars incentivizing. But <laughs> right. you know, so it still takes money to get those things. I think there are easier devices and ways to get those things faster these days, like OnlyFans. There are a lot of young kids these days that are making money in different ways mm-hmm. that we didn't have access to make money for unless we got our ass <laughs> on that phone. You know, <laughs> baby, you can you can sell pussy from the from your house. <laughs> you had to get your ass up with some clothes on to sell pussy back in the day. So, <laughs> so I'm just trying to say. So I I think technology has really fostered something that is dangerous for our young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, things are a little too. Accessible. accessible. Yes, that's the word that I was looking for. It's too accessible. And something that is too accessible is often uh, abused because you don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for anything. At least mm. a prostitute had to choose what she was going to wear. I mean, <laughs> and find a, find a ride to the spot. Damn. Oh, 
baby, you talking about sex workers, like, okay. Everybody's remote these days. Yes, yeah, okay. so even the sex workers. Hello, man. <laughs> Thank you. Customer service. I hate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Call with the fuck up to shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> mm, uh, so, so, um, your fa- so you're definitely your father played a pivotal role in your life mm-hmm. um, and being able to uh, adapt to even to today's times you, you pay homage or you, you, you feel that your father was able to get you to that level so um, what other moments in your childhood that you would say uh, were paramount for you like did you have a happy childhood did you have a very rocky childhood like what would you say you know, if you were mm-hmm. to gauge how your childhood was what would you say um, I think, you know, um, trauma has a weird way of fooling with you. Oh, I know. Because I feel like I look back on my childhood and it was, it seemed pretty regular, but it looking at it objectively, I can really only think of all of the traumatic things. Like mm-hmm. I being abused at a young age, but during that abuse happening, like I enjoyed hanging with my family, mm-hmm. um, being in the hospital at a young age, spending nights, copious amounts of nights in the hospital on the weekends and stuff like that um, at a young age for my family, uh, my mother and my father. I see that, but then I also think of the times to where we have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, it's just this... This weird mixture of things. So I, I think it's all about how you, how it resonates with you, how you choose to perceive it. Because I could be like, oh, my childhood was horrible. Mm-hmm. Or I could be like, it was wonderful. But it's a, I don't, I, I really can't say either or. Yeah. I think it was all right. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> it was okay. I mean, I, I have been through a lot of bullshit when I can list it out. Yeah. But this ain't the like the oppression Olympics or the trauma Olympics. Like, yeah. Everybody got some shit going on. So, I don't know. <clears throat> well, we're about to tie it together. So you mentioned being an actor, mm-hmm. right? And so is there um, elements from your childhood that allow you to uh, bring that into when you're acting? Like, is there any moments in time where you can draw energy from your past and bring it into, like, what, whatever you're on stage acting or performing? Can you recall any of those moments? Yeah. I'm, so, well, if, if I'm doing something and, say, the part calls for... right. A situation akin to a mother, a father son relationship. Mm-hmm. I can use, excuse me, the way me and my father felt about each other to uh, give that scene some inertia. I could use that. Mm-hmm. But, like, say I am, it's an emotional scene, I'm crying about a lost love. I'm not going to be thinking about my dead father mm-hmm. and using that as. Some people use that, but I think it's inappropriate to use that because it doesn't serve the truth of the scene. Mm. Like I, so it it just varies. It has to be um, specific to it at least, or at least in the ballpark. So I don't really use my personal trauma to um, uh, to infuse a scene with anything. Okay. A lot of people do though. I, it's not. I don't think it's the artist for that. That's not your style. Yeah, that's not my style. I I just I feel like imagination is best, and personal and personalization using things from your past comes in handy when you are when you can be specific or when you are in a crunch. I need to cry. Let me think about my data right quick. Like they just changed the script. Let me see what I can do. I can't always go there though. So, 
Imagination so works I'm best. A, I'm gonna ask a question. Yes. Actor to actor. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel um, with what you just said? They change the script all the time, right? Because mm-hmm. you can you can have your dailies. You get to sit and because you don't study these lines for months, mm-hmm. and then you get to say, "Oh, we got to rewrite." Mm-hmm. Your daily has changed mm-hmm. for the scene that you're filming that day, mm-hmm. um, and so you said that you. Um, if I need to change it abruptly to go there, you can go there. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you can't go there when you're on set and you need to just like quick on the fly, like mm, what what happens then? Look, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna give me no deep answer, baby. You go to the deeper. No, nah, I don't know. You try. You do the best you can, goddamn do. Like, but that's why you study. That's why you you have different tools because if I ain't got enough time to really use my imagination. I'm going to have to pull from something that's real. Um, I believe in just like uh, hyper realism. Like really, if I'm in a scene, like this is really happening in real life. It's not like a fictitious event. And <clears throat> pulling from real life, real life to infuse something into this fictitious event, I don't think, I think that does a disservice to the art that was created. Because when people are watching art, our mind is saying, oh, this is real. And it really affects us on a real level. So why not bring that to what you're doing? Mm-hmm. So that's the way I approach it. But like I say, if you if it's changed at the drop of a hat, you got to think about something that's real sad. Think, pull your dead grandma out that coffin and baby prop her on up. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, see, <laughs> and see what she looking like, baby, because you might need to, you need to sing, don't you? <laughs> so um, that uh, that's that's good uh, to know um, mm-hmm. as far as your perspective. Now, there are <clears throat> and we're still here with Brian Johns, guys. Um, so, with <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus, uh, I, I maybe so <laughs> with individuals that are listening or watching this podcast, what uh, techniques? Look, can you give us like a couple of techniques, some basic techniques as an actor? That you would say um, that an actor starting off need to have. Okay. Um, first of all, you need to be able to read. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead ass. Wow. You need to be able to read. Like if you cannot read, you really can't act. Um, now somebody can tell you just words, but you just... I, don't, I got to interject though. Okay. I got to interject on this. You don't necessarily need to know how to read. You just have to be able to deliver what's on the page. So if you have it, because because people who are not necessarily because, like, for me, I have dyslexia, mm-hmm. right? So, I learning as a kid, as a child actor, that was difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So, all of my lines were my mom read them, okay, and I put them on, and I learned my lines that way. So, I necessarily because reading was hard for me, I didn't know how to read, but I still showed up and delivered when I needed to. See, and I was saying, and I said that like somebody could read it to you, but I mean, that's uh, that's hard. Especially when you don't work on a soap opera and somebody got it, and Christian said like all them damn pages. That's that takes a different muscle. <laughs> but I think, I like to your point. I think reading is very instrumental in oh, for sure. this business. Um, somebody got to know how to read, baby. For sure. <laughs> Whether it's contracts <laughs> right. or <With> scripts. <laughs> Whether it's your mama sitting down and, and you putting your earphones on and taking it in, or baby, what is you? Um, the second thing is you need to know how to comprehend. I think you need to know how to use your imagination. Uh, and when I say reading, too, I'm not just talking about scripts. I'm talking about somebody that can um, intake books, 
because books are great tools to grow your imagination. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if y'all are voracious readers out there up in here, but when you really read a good book, your mind does this like hypnosis thing and you zone out and you're in that world. It's a weird thing, man. But that's what happens when you are in that vein of acting. You zone out, and this is your world. It's 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 hypnotic. It's um, I don't even know the word for it. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, like that's what really happens. So the same thing when you're really in that thing acting. That's the same thing when you're really in a good book. Mm -hmm. You can't really explain it, but it happens. Uh, what else do you need to know? To what other tools? Uh, I do suggest that you get with the acting coach because there's only so you can only take yourself so far. Like when I first got into to the industry, um, I was self-taught for like a good five years. And I was like, oh, OK, I got it. I tried to take my ass out there to L.A. And baby, that didn't work. <laughs> and I'm glad it didn't. I was only in L.A. for like 15 hours when I was really like, I'm going to do this thing. Was that the most recent one? Yes. Okay. I went out there and was had an Airbnb, a couple of them, them things fell through, and I was like, God, now when I prayed to come out here, I told you I didn't want to be homeless. But he had me walking the streets like a night walker, baby, <laughs> with my luggage in tow. Oh I said, God. this don't make no sense. And it was a game going on, so the hotels were like $300 a night. I said, Jesus, I'm going back home. <laughs> so I went back home. I said, you know what? If this is not for me, I'm going to do it because I love it. And I'm going to learn. So I got into acting class, and baby, was I not prepared. <laughs> I was not prepared. I thought I was, but acting class really elevated me. And um, yeah, so y'all need to get in class with a good teacher that's going to push you. Um, and also, last thing, memorization is important. Um, memorization is very important to this game, because if you don't know what you're saying, can't nobody use you. <laughs> <laughs> no real shit <laughs> oh and lastly being professional mm. and that's it so the, the professionalism is that do you feel that goes hand in hand with the branding of yourself mm -hmm. in this industry and yeah because even if you don't have an Instagram page your hello your goodbye that's your business card mm -hmm. that's your Instagram page honestly so would you, would you say um, you have to professionalism not only extends to just being professional to your scene partner, mm -hmm. right? It extends beyond that. It goes oh, so when yeah. you're down to craft services, oh, you yeah. have to be professional. Because you never know, that craft service person that is over the tender that, that that is a writer over there. Hello. Mm. And she may time. be the network producer tomorrow. You never know. Hello. Because she done she done put a time in. She's putting the time in right now, but you don't know what she's working on. That's true. So you have to, the, the professionalism doesn't, doesn't, does not just extend to your scene partner mm -hmm. or to the director and the producer, but it's beyond that, mm -hmm. would you say? Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree with that. And to echo that sentiment, like, that's happened to me personally. Like, the, the first national commercial that I did, um, one of the guys that was like a PA, I was just kind to him. And people can sniff out when you're on that bullshit. Like, actors be doing too much sometimes. Like, oh, my God. Like, just be polite to them folks and talk to them like regular people. But I was just cool with him. And why I walked into a room one day for an audition for another really great part, and he was sitting at the director's table. I was like, oh, I remember you. He was like, no, he he remembered me first. He was like, weren't you that guy on, the, uh, on that spot? I was like, oh, yeah, that was you. And I ended up booking it. But it's about your relationships, how you treat people, because... It does extend. It extends to the person who lets you on a lot. It extends to the person who opens your car door. Like, 
when you get on set, leave that shit at home and just be polite. Even when you big shit, because we all are working and trying to, but we work we work commission based jobs basically as actors. For sure, <laughs> baby, you don't know when you might work next. <laughs> For real. And it's really it's really that serious. It is. It's really that serious. You better be nice to them folks. All the way. All the way. All the way. So let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> how um, how difficult the game can be, uh, and how um, it's like you know working from gig. It's realistically like a gig, right? You gig to gig. I, w- I don't want to say check to check, but it kind of oh, is. Check to check. Okay, okay. Literally. Correct me. And baby, them checks be net 30, net 90. <laughs> <laughs> say it again for the people in the back. Maybe them checks be net 30, net 90. <laughs> Hello. Like, jeez, I ain't got nothing in the mail. So, so let's. let's ain't no direct deposit, bitch. You got to mail that shit. <laughs> Don't let your bank have to authorize it. It's going to be another couple of days. God damn. Oh, mama, let's talk about, So, let's talk about those woes. Um, like, because I'm, I'm ignorant in that realm. I don't know how that works when you do a gig. So, mm-hmm. walk me through the process. So, if you book someone, I guess you have to audition for it or you get booked for something mm-hmm. and then, like, you do the gig and, like, What's the, like the turnaround time for people that don't know? Like, like do clearly you just stated it's not immediately. Like, oh, here's cash. Let me cash tap you. Like, because I know there's budgets and stuff, and there's other people that has to go through. So, walk us through one of those scenarios if you if you don't mind. Now, when you're working maybe on a personal level and you're doing a personal uh, passion project, maybe they might pay you right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, that ain't always the okay. case. And sometimes that'd be like ten to fifty dollars. I've made. <laughs> I've driven to Oklahoma, worked. And made t- and had ten dollars folded up in my palm like a like an honorarium. I'm saying like, what is this? Ten dollars? Could put fifteen. I gotta get something to eat. Um, but but there are other productions that you work on, like the industrials or like the things that are not union, which is Screen Actors Guild stuff, whatever. If you work on something like that and you had to fill out a W four, whatever the fuck you gotta fill out, they're gonna pay you after the job is done, and at least. 30 days. And you got the parking lot good. You pay. <laughs> right. You, if you work on something and you have to show up and they send you a call, she's real, and you got to fill out paperwork, they're going to pay you at least 30 days after. No, at, at, at most 90 days. And there have been times to where I've gotten to, I've done projects and it's been past that 90 days low key. <laughs> and I was like, call my manager. Like, Where's my money? Where's Tamika's money? Like, oh, <laughs> no, where is my money for real? And um, every single time, when I would ask my uh, agent that, then I would, my money would mysteriously come through. And I'd be like, now nah, hold the hell up. Yeah, so what do you do in those moments? You just pray. That's the question. <laughs> you find something else to do. You don't make acting your life until acting becomes your life, okay? <laughs> you don't do it because acting will let you, this profession will let you down. I don't think, it's something you really Absolutely. cannot run from. I would agree with that, 1,000%. Oh, yeah. 1,000%. It, not. It's, and it's, it will not pick you up without letting you down, shit, so. And even when it, even when it picks you up, it's, it's for a brief second. Oh, yeah. And then it'll knock your ass back down. Hello. Because you people, everybody has their moment in the sun. Mm-hmm. But baby, the the moon is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Never, did you just make that up? <laughs> it is. It's, it's gonna be night sometime. It's gonna be night. Night is on the way. <laughs> so, um, what was like, one of your proudest roles that you were able to land? Um, 
Scottish parole. I don't think it's come yet, honestly. Really? Uh, I've done some things that I'm. It was cool, but I don't think I've like. I'm on this. Like I don't. I haven't. <laughs> what was it? I haven't got. Can you get that little? I'm on. <laughs> That's pride. I'm on that. I'm on this show. Like check it out. Nine eight central. Like no, I, I haven't gotten that yet. Um, I think I will be proud. I I don't know. I think I'm more proud of like my tenacity and sticking in this thing. Because I've been signed, I've been doing this professionally since like 2017, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, that didn't come without a hard, hard struggle too. Like I submitted to my first agency at least three times. And then the last time I had to write that heifer a note and be like, look, <laughs> I booked this national thing with the help, with the good Lord. And um, <laughs> I can, let's make some money. And that's when you had to mail your headshots in and mail your resume in. I went straight up to that FedEx and I mailed that shit. I wrote the letter at the FedEx and I got a call back. She's like, yeah, we love to see you. And she was like, who's your manager? I was like, hey, Seuss. And she was like, who? I was like, Jesus. And she's going to laugh. I was like, girl, are we getting signed or not? So she signed me. So I'm thankful for that. But baby, like, it's a hard role. Like, currently I have two agents. And uh, one in Oklahoma, one out here. Is that is that uncommon? Uh, no, that's not uncommon. No, no, because you have because mm-hmm. you have to be represented across different mm-hmm. spectrums of the business. Well, I mainly ask that for the people that don't know, like myself and those out there listening. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not uncommon. It's is is it easy? No. If I wouldn't have come back and gotten into class, that go, getting into class paved the way for me to get another agent, and I feel like I've done more like have more film opportunities as far as auditions go because of this new management. Because the one out here, Dallas really deals heavily in commercial work. Right. Um, Oklahoma, excuse me, there's a lot of things happening in Oklahoma right now, and they are doing more television television film stuff. I want to book a Lifetime movie. <laughs> that's one of, that's one of like, a little stuff, because I want to have that experience and see what that shit is about. Um, but, I mean, I, I really want to... Just have a series on Netflix. I want to be. I want to like make money off of what I do, like good sustainable income. And shoot, I don't, I'm tired of selling drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a joke. yeah, well, yeah, I figured that. Uh, <laughs> we know that. Right. <laughs> the people don't know that. <laughs> he was joking, guys. I think. <laughs> I don't do it no more. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> would you ask my other question? Where I was going to ask, like, what would mm-hmm. be like something like you aspire to, like as far as a future role? Like, what would you want? You say you want something that's on Lifetime or a Netflix series. Um, is there anyone that's in the industry that you uh, look up to? Um, or and if you don't have one, that's fine. There's a few actors and actresses I've asked that actually said that they don't have anyone. I did look up to a certain individual who came from Texas, but he just had like a scandal. And I'm just like, man, I think I want to pull away from that. But I liked his trajectory. I liked the way he did more like indie things. And then it slowly crept up to this like monumental star situation. But even in that, you have to make sure that your booty is clean. Because baby, somebody going to find some shit. 
Mm. If it ain't clean. You feel me? <laughs> so You I'm come up with the weirdest analogies. I'm gagging right now. I don't I'm know. telling you. And he got up there and it wasn't clean. He should use a little baby wipe or something. Got it, got it together. <laughs> baby, people start coming out the woodwork. I said, nah. Baby, I don't want nobody coming out the woodworks for me. And every single time I say, God, I'm ready, God, I'm ready. God shows me a facet of myself that is not ready for this industry. Whether it's a soul thing, whether it's an emotional component, whether it is how I steward my body, you got to get that shit in check before I bring you into this realm because this realm will destroy you if you ain't solid. Mentally so, sound. Yeah. You got to have a that, mentally that, that and physically. Yes. yes. The foundation mm-hmm. has to be solid for mm-hmm. sure because if it's not, it will fucking destroy you. Yes, as a lot of people, if you look at a lot of the people that let's say child actors, if you mm-hmm. would, if you look at a lot of the ones that grew up or would be our age and our mm-hmm. generation, if you look mm-hmm. at a lot of them, you'd be like, damn, they didn't have that mental stability mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. needed, mm-hmm. or they didn't have the backbones from the parental units that right. they needed to be sustained in this industry mm-hmm. to grow through this industry. True. I think that when you're supposed to, when you really meant to do the good work, God is not going to bring you into a place prematurely, especially someplace that is that high vibrational and so many things. And there's certain things that God has to uh, purify in the fire. And I'm still going through that. I'm still being made. And I don't fucking know. I'm tired, though. (laughs) So what do you do to uh, reset? Uh, in general, and whether it's um, your acting gigs or writing or whatever, like what does Ryan do on his spare time to reset? Uh, to reset, I do self care. Like I go get my feet done at the nail shop and then Lily paint them if she feel like it. Um, <laughs> that's really her name. I'm not being ridiculous. Um, <laughs> she painted them uh, purple and uh, glitter this time. I said, now, Lily, hold up. Um, <laughs> she did stars one time. I said, girl, it, it is Christmas, so go do what you want to do. But, um, um, but I do that. I go to the spa. So um, I listen to music. I get back to what can... I get back to the things that can be black and white because there's so much gray in this industry. Mm. There's so much that is out of my control. So I get to the things that Oh, I know that if I write this song, I know I can at least record it. It may not hit the billboards, but I know I can get that done. I know I can create a project. I know I can paint something. I know there's this and there's a that. There's a one and there's a two. Maybe in acting, there's a one and then there's a 10. And be like, now how the fuck did we get to 25 from three? It don't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The math And But somebody be like, we did this and we did that. I'm like, oh, and they still won't give you the job. And it's just annoying. <laughs> it's just fucking annoying. And so I cannot wrap my life around somebody else's choices. And that's really what acting is about. Like, when you do make it, say I do make it. Um, when? When. Yes, yeah, let's make it plain. When, when I do make it, my, some of my life may not be purely by my own navigation. There are so many other people that have to be paid because of me at that time, moment in time. You know, it's, it's harder on upwards of the ladder, you know? And then the taxes are broken down different ways, too. More money, more problems. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Shoot. More, more money, money, more, more problems. problems. <laughs> and you don't know how hard I fight every day not to be a scammer. Um, <laughs> I'm 
I'm telling you the truth. Like, scam. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I be trying to scam. God, God, God got you though. God ain't gonna keep you in line. That's the only reason why I don't do it. Because I know the moment if I look, if I laundered ten dollars and fifteen cents. No police coming for me. <laughs> and they want all of it. Hey, mo. Plus and mo. Plus mo. I'm like, damn. Well, baby, I know some people it's that got interest. money. It's the interest. They want interest. And my ass going to be behind bars. <laughs> but it, not... I know people that's been doing it for years. And yes. they got money. Yeah. I'm like, Lord, But that's I'm not the so path for you. It's not. And we're going to make that clear. It's not the path for you. My Lord. But you, you, you say that, uh, Manny, because it... You see that there, even though it's not the honest way, there's growth and there's progress. You're looking for that yes. element, and I think that's why you had, you know, pushed your mind into that that point for two seconds. You know, and I think we all, uh, even including myself, um, look at some easy ways to just be present. You know, like yeah. making money and um, just not wanting to struggle, and yeah. you know, just what it feels like to just be stable, yes. you know? And yes. so I, I get that. I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, so do you all feel like, and this is a question for both of you all, do you both feel like money brings stability? I think it's a culmination of the, the fiscal structure as as well as the mental element. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even if I were to, say like if I were to go down that path, mm-hmm. um, I think the fiscally I would, the money would be there. But mentally, I would be real fucked up mm-hmm. because my conscience would feel like horrible knowing that I'm I'm making money off of somebody, um, and so like it would be unbalanced in that element. I would love to make money doing what I do best, mm-hmm. and then being happy about what I'm doing when I go to sleep and wake up the next morning, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm happy about what I'm doing. Right, right. Would you say the same? Um, I I think money. I think the management of money can bring stability. It's a lot of people that got a lot of money the right way or like through a lottery and hey, that is unstable as hell and, and broke, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I I think it's all about how you steward what you have. Right. Uh, I don't know. I But money does make life a little easier. I ain't going to hold you. Does it though? It does, shit. If my leg is broke, if I got enough money, I can get it splint, splinted or fixed. <laughs> if I ain't got no money, baby, I'm walking around like Slewfoot Duck and just trying to figure shit out in pain. In the ER, not paying my medical bills. Right. <laughs> I have done that. <laughs> baby, there's so much money I owe. But they're going to see me. Shit, so I'm hurt, baby. Open up the door. <laughs> to the ER. Okay. Anyway. Money makes things easier. When I got money in my pocket, baby, I got a little skip in my step. Right, I Everybody think we all do. I, I think it's mainly the, the the same day when it hit. When it hit, come on, you know, you be like, all right, cool for just two seconds before I gotta pay any bills. Let me just enjoy this. <laughs> My God, that just gets. I so think sad. I think I developed an anxiety. I don't like when my account gets to a certain balance. I don't. It, it makes me nervous. It's it a makes, different thing for I think for a black man too because there's we already got so many weights and everybody's always like the black man makes less than a black woman. We don't want to hear that shit. We're trying to make it. <laughs> God damn it. We know. Leave us alone. <laughs> shit. And it doesn't make us feel good. Like that's why we always try to like uh, translate these like we got money. Like I don't know. It's hard. 
It's hard out here. And that's why I be thinking about scamming because sometimes I really want to <laughs> hey, we're back. We're back. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. Maybe get me a good African. <laughs> hey, my little bills do a little wild transfers and be sitting smooth and clean. And they be trying so hard, baby. They be trying to hit me up on Facebook so hard. I know one. <laughs> I sure did. Hit me up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can connect you, but I ain't gonna do it. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I want to do this right. So it's um, the right way. Is the hard, is the long and hard way. One of the things you forgot to mention uh, okay. is you're a big anime fan, and that's what you like to indulge in on your off time. Big is big is subjective. Okay. Um, I enjoy certain anime, um, but I'm get I get really turned off by the. The Europeanization mm-hmm. of Japanese anime. Mm-hmm. Like, I really wanted to get into Naruto because I was like, oh, this is a long series. I ain't got shit to watch. Um, but why is Naruto blonde, blonde, blue eyes and blonde hair in, in Japan? I'm like, what the hell is going Why? And it just turned me off. Are I'm you saying that blondes are not in Japan. Naruto ain't got no business. <laughs> <laughs> He ain't got no fucking business. Maybe he dyed his hair like mine. The lies. And then I looked it up and it was like, he's meant to be like a transplant. I'm just like, every single time they always like try to like endear themselves to like white culture. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. Well, okay. Let's talk about the the, the Asian culture for a second. So when I went over to uh, Bangkok, um, I was blown away by um, seeing um, like bleach bleachers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can go in the store and like brighten your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I learned about the class system there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do you feel like a lot of that, uh, the way they wrote that show, um, played off of the culture that's there, like brighter is better. Uh, they're more recognized and respectable. Do you think that they put that element in there, uh, for this or? Oh, I would go as far as to say, I know. They did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want crossover appeal, and we're not seen as the majority. So they pander to the the majority. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So and they and and you know, white culture pervades every single society. Mm-hmm. I don't care sometimes how remote it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, like them widening widening their eyes for what? Mm-hmm. Like just to appeal to white privilege? Like. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And why do Asians need brightening cream? They the color this table. Like, I just don't understand it. What color is the table that people can't see? Beige. Fluorescent beige. Shout out to Precious. <laughs> what was it? Fluorescent beige. Remember the girl, oh, my favorite color is fluorescent beige. I've never even that? heard of that color before. Watch Precious. You'll see. Oh, it was a line in there. Okay. Um, yes. I'm like, girl, what is that? <laughs> so, um... Let's talk about uh, your amazing voice. Your okay. voice is very melodic. Thank you. So, so when did you start singing? Uh, I started singing at the tender age of 33. No, I'm just playing. I started singing <laughs> at the tender age of like 13. Mm-hmm. It was like my first solo in church. But I did not start singing when I was like three, two. My parents didn't even know I could damn sing. Did you know you could sing? No. I didn't sing a drop in high school. Didn't nobody know I could do anything. I would just act stupid a little bit. But I was usually quiet and reserved in high school too, because I was kind of like, like the the nerd, I guess. I don't know. But um, 
I started to flourish in that way when I got into college. And I was like, you know what, I have a voice, so let me just train it. And um, it led me to there. And I met a fantastic vocal coach, and that led me into the acting field. So it all just kind of tumbled mm, out. Okay. But um, yeah, I don't, I just train my voice. I really need to go back and get a little bit more uh, training and freshen up this instrument because it's kind of got a lot of dust on it. And my voice changes. <laughs> it does. And as you get older, your voice changes too. So you kind of got to figure out how to work your instrument again. But well, baby, I'll be doing the best I could do. And you do a great job. Every really every good. person. You really have a good like well, it's it's you. effortless the way when you be singing, and it's always like soothing um hearing you um just bust a note. And even when you like very unsure of like how you want to portray the song that's playing, your mm-hmm. interpretation of the song, you still like put forth an effort where it, it feels like it was effortless for you. Well, that's thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um because I think with as far as voice goes, I put in my isn't it ten thousand hours uh, to like really master something. Mm-hmm. I put in those hours, and um, sometimes I'm very proud of what I do. Other times, my anxiety or worries get the best of me, and I'm like, oh, that shit sucked. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get out of that because <laughs> I will produce something very like elaborate, and then once it's done, I'm like, oh, this shit sucks, and then I'll just take it all down, and I'm like. Uh, nefarious for that bullshit is um, having confidence. Yo, after it's done, is is important for me. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of artists suffer with that. Even Chloe Bailey has talked about that too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just like the curse of a of a performer, mm-hmm. you know? Because art is so subjective. Uh, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm an artist Erica and I'm insecure about shout my out to shit. Eric about it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Apple. Let's get it real. <laughs> yeah, no, we're totally keeping it. We're still here with Brian Johns. Um, we are? Yeah, we still are. So Don't mock me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, the writing element of okay. um, what what have you produced? Wrote, and this is this like like writing as far as for like parts for people to act, or is this just music? Or like what explain that writing process for those that don't know. Okay, so as far as writing is concerned, musically, mm-hmm. I've produced like a couple records that are uh, like on Spotify. It's not Instagram, iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as writing for like film, television, I have not. I've yet to produce like a um, a fleshed out show. However, I have like produced like a music video that I wrote, uh, co-started, started, and directed all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's as far as it goes, but I do intend to really write a show mm-hmm. that I can film and hire actors and stuff like that. I'm mm-hmm. excited about that. So what, what, what would that look like? Like, what, is it like an anime or is it like mm-hmm. an actual like series? Yes, yeah, a series with like real people. Mm-hmm. Like, a, I'm thinking of a limited series. I'm not going to tell my idea. No, no, because no it's okay. Yeah, I like to steal, but <laughs> um, yeah, like that's what I really want to do. But I think that's going to come down later in life. I'm really trying to just do it for myself so I can understand the inner workings of everything in a real, real way. For sure. And then put people in that place mm-hmm. to where I don't misuse them. You know? Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yes, it makes sense. <laughs> you look like you're looking at your cup. I am. <laughs> oh, you finished that concoction? I did. <laughs> it wasn't that bad 
when you start like drinking on it. That's because it started. Juicy juice and yeah, juice. when you know, <laughs> you get a little liquor in your system, you know, everything makes me sound, it makes you feel and sound better. So, it's like, ain't even that. <laughs> but another one might. You want another one? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> you have to interrupt the show because I want another live. Well, this is, this is a, um, a podcast that is hosted by a mixologist. So, can we take a moment to address um, your brainchild, the inebriation station? My brainchild, yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. Okay, that was all I had to say. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I'm gonna steal this and make a um, what they call it? This is behind the bar. You said stealing a new what? I'm going to um, make another version. It's gonna be called the libation station. Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Let's go outside and fight. Let me So, uh, speaking of uh, substance, let's talk about um, substance abuse. Why did my brain go there? I'm like, what? <laughs> substance abuse uh, and how we literally we've seen. Uh, and we touched on this a little bit. Uh, we've seen actors and actresses mm-hmm. that uh, start off and they had, you know, they hit the height of their career and they allow substances to bring them down. And so, like, how do you feel one should govern themselves when they get to that level, right? And you know, you're surrounded and influenced by all these individuals. Like, what, what, what would one do to stay grounded and connected so that way they don't fall into that spiral? That you know, once you go down, it's harder to get out of. Like, what would you say as um, an actor? How do you stay away from being uh, caught in that spiral? And when you do feel like you're going down that spiral, how do you self-correct? Okay, so I know that I, was a loaded question. I feel you, and I understand. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best to answer appropriately. I feel that you need a a good home base, a good mm-hmm. solid home base that doesn't participate in the things that can be that can destroy you. Um, a, a good team, a good family that can hold you accountable mm-hmm. and see the best in you and not want that to falter. That's important. Support uh, Right. A, a good support system. Um, not, not, not too many yes men around you. Uh, uh, to, when you do get in those situations, you need somebody that is going to be like, you need therapy. Um, not people that's going to Facilitate, or what's the word for it? Somebody out there know it's already a yes e. man, a um, yes man, a yes man. But it's a word that I'm looking for. It starts with an e. Enable. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't need no enablers around you when it comes to that because but it's it's so hard. Easy. It's so hard. Well, based on what I've seen, and I'm not in it in it mm-hmm. yet. I'm in it, but I'm level one in it. Mm-hmm. But like it's <laughs> in the in the abuse or in the substance abuse. Well, yes, just issue? just well, just in general, just having the pressures as an actor and actress, mm-hmm. and you know, finding something to kind of soothe. Yeah, self soothe. Yeah. yeah. So like you know, like you were saying, like having that foundation. Yeah, is I, important. It's, and therapy is good too. Like a lot of our coping mechanisms. Are self harming in a, in many ways, like mm-hmm. excessive amounts of alcohol, copious drugs, and all that stuff. It makes us feel good for a moment, but that situation comes right on back. Like, how can we get to feeling good like eighty percent of the time, ninety percent of the time? Right. Um, and that's what you have to do. But a, a good therapist will always help. You know. And one of the things we talk about on the show a lot um, is black culture 
and how it's been stigmatized that, you know, reaching out to help for help outside of the household mm -hmm. is bad. We've been conditioned, especially mm -hmm. younger, like, oh, what goes on in his house stays in his house. And so, like, you talk about therapy, and you know, so you're you're definitely advocating, like, despite what we were taught or conditioned and mm -hmm. passed down from generation to generation, mm -hmm. we you're advocating that we break that curse. And mental health is important. Mental health is just as important as physical health. It is, but I, I sometimes I don't want to say but, and I think that mental health, the access to help is a luxury mm -hmm. that isn't afforded to people with in certain socioeconomic positions. A lot of poor people cannot afford therapy mm. or do not even have the resources to even access <coughs> free therapy. Right. So then there goes that question. It's easy. It's, it costs way less to pick up a little bottle of Mad Dog and, and ease your worries right. than it does to... Not Mad Dog. I'm wait telling you. Wait, what is a Mad Dog? Uh, some alcohol and, and some is drink. It, and is some it like a taco? Huh? No. It's like a taco vodka? It's, no. But it's bottom shelf. It's to the bottom. It's but it's bottom shelf. It you really can, you is. You can walk into a gas station and get mad dog. Hello. Yeah. Oh, wow. Baby, two for a dollar. No, I'm <laughs> um, no. but it's easier to do that. So mm -hmm. you have to, like, it's so many conversations. It's so much nuance when it comes to mental health. Uh, we are in a place of privilege to where we can access it, even through family members, because I've accessed uh, mental uh, therapy through my mother's EAP plan. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, just that uh, in, in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So how do we get to a place of preservation and, and wellness without maybe the advent of a therapist? Well, one of the good things that and I highlighted this in a different uh, with a different guest is that uh, our, even though our generation, the, the current generation, um, they're like, you know, we're in a cancel culture and people are quick to dismiss people. Mm -hmm. um, there are good things that come out of uh, being in this current generation. For example, uh, even though you mentioned technology earlier, uh, mm -hmm. technology, everything being so so accessible, but it has improved a quality of life for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so being able to, this current generation, they advocate mental health. Like they literally say, hey, it's OK mm -hmm. to get help. Mm -hmm. And um and with that being said, like it opened up so many doors and it allowed people to come out and say, hey, this bothered me. This is what happened to me back in the day. Mm -hmm. And this is how I'm coping with it with therapy. Mm -hmm. And so seeing those those moments and uh, hearing about like um, the, the various things people went through mm -hmm. and coming out and saying, hey, you know what? This is ha this happened to me and you should you don't have to feel alone. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and get help. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I know for, for me, I'm in therapy and, mm -hmm. you know, I was also molested, uh, mm -hmm. abused when I was younger mm -hmm. and, um, having that outlet, having someone to talk to about that, mm -hmm. it, it makes a world of a difference. And yeah. one of the therapy sessions that I had with, um, my, um, with him, with my therapist, mm -hmm. um, something very weird and magical happened. Mm -hmm. Um, he told me to, um, close my eyes and go back to that moment in time where I was abused. Mm -hmm. And like literally, I closed my eyes and he was talking me through it. And I felt like I was right there. Mm -hmm. He said, can you see yourself? I said, yes. And I was getting goosebumps. Mm -hmm. He said, now give yourself advice in that very moment. Mm -hmm. Like you, it just happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm like full of emotions. I did not know what to do. Mm -hmm. And you, he said, tell the 35 year old self, tell that 12 year old boy that everything is going to be okay. 
Mm-hmm. And I did that, and I started bawling up crying as mm-hmm. I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I said, that shit is scary. But, like, therapy allowed me to go there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have been able to do that by myself. And now, with the issues that I had with my dad mm-hmm. and um, him physically abusing me during that moment, mm-hmm. um, I have solace. Mm-hmm. And I have understanding that it wasn't my fault. And mm-hmm. I no longer am allowed to blame myself mm-hmm. for what happened and even though there was shit going on with the divorce and all that mm-hmm. stuff, I was no longer allowed to blame myself. Mm-hmm. So I think therapy is pivotal and I think it's uh, very key for anyone that wants growth mm-hmm. in any industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then understanding of how the mind works. Yeah, I agree. And I, I must say that I'm so sorry that that had to happen to you. Oh, Especially happens. by who it happened by. Um, like, like I said, like... Like you said, therapy is is magical. At the at the hands of the right person, uh, the right therapist can be the midwife for your paradigm shit. And um, I'm glad that you were able to come to that because, like you said, you wouldn't have done it by yourself. We don't even have sometimes we don't even have the language to even go there right. for the healing, and we don't even know how to get out of this space of being in that space. Like you needed somebody to be like to carry you safely out of that state that he facilitated. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I appreciate you for being so courageous to even share that story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's cool. Like, I'm at a place where I can talk about it and not tear up and boo-hoo. Like, I, I'm, I found solace. It's, yeah. it's okay. Um, yeah. I'm working on other shit. Like, yeah. a nigga been single. Yeah. <laughs> for five years, like what? What am I? Am I carrying any emotional baggage from my childhood mm-hmm. into these relationships that mm-hmm. uh, I, I may see myself going into? Right, and trying to be able to uh, understand why I do certain things, why mm-hmm. I have OCD now, mm-hmm. understanding when that, when those moments happen. Write down what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Usually, when I start cleaning a lot. Mm-hmm. That means I'm trying to process something. Mm-hmm. And my therapist, and he's going to listen to this later on, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to hate me for saying that P word. That's a word of, one of those words that he does not like process. me saying. He does not like, because I, I use it as a cut, like a, a crutch. I, I say I'm processing, like on the moment, if I don't have any thoughts about something, I say mm-hmm. I, I'm processing. And a lot of times I do have a thought and I just don't want to deal with it. And I say, mm-hmm. I have to process this. Mm-hmm. And I do have something. And he said, I'd rather you stop using it as a crutch and stop protecting people's feelings Mm -hmm. say what you have to say Mm -hmm. and then what i mean they they will respect you more Mm -hmm. and i've lost relationships because of that Mm -hmm. because i was protecting niggas feelings Mm -hmm. or niggas feelings Mm -hmm. and uh, and um it was a level of respect that was lost Mm -hmm. and um it was like something i i wasn't very proud of Mm -hmm. and I, i realized it was because as a child i was conditioned to lie Mm-hmm. And not saying I'm mm-hmm. a liar, but I was conditioned to protect feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother uh, saying, I "Don't tell your dad this," mm-hmm. when they were going through the divorce, and um, being uh, the the oldest of three, mm-hmm. um, I have to you know make sure that they're good, but they are not re- necessarily ready to hear me- something that may have happened. So mm-hmm. I'm conditioned mm-hmm. to, I guess, paint a, a story, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and make it believable, and so um, that's not one of my proudest things. But it actually has helped me. And, but I had to put that to rest. Yeah, um, I have to. It's no longer. It doesn't serve its purpose as thirty five year old Jeremy. Yeah, 
Yeah. Th- therapy did that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's right. Like when you move in, when you move from survival to, to thriving, mm-hmm. from survive to thrive, you have to operate differently. Mm-hmm. You, you can't thrive in a, with a survival mindset. Because you'll do things out of primal instinct, right. out of your trauma. Uh, I, I, I want to be well and, and full and whole. And I think the best way to do that is to understand your inner mechanisms and why you did certain things. Because a lot of the stuff that a lot of us do is really a part of our makeup only because somebody else had the brush. You feel me? Right. So... Taking a, a makeup wipe, you know, metaphorically, and wiping that shit off, and like, and buying your own tools, and be like, I'm gonna do what I want to do with with my face, with my body, with my with my mind. That takes your power, because you we can always change what we do. Right, we can. But understanding why we do it, that requires some deep in, interest, introspection. And I'm glad that you took the the methods to to access that. Yeah, because being conditioned to lie is, I feel you. Being being a isn't it almost like an act? What, I'm not saying mm-hmm. actors are liars, but it's like you create a fantasy, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But you got to create, you have to be in this mm-hmm. realm mm-hmm. and like you have to make it work. You have to sell it because mm-hmm. other people are watching. Mm-hmm. So isn't it, isn't it not similar to that? I wouldn't say it was because the intentions are different. Yes, absolutely. So with with that, like, I understand trying to keep this peace. Yes. When you've been maligned, when you've been abused, so everybody else is good, but you ignore the way you feel. And listening to people that you've been told that loves you, you've been told you respect them, you do what they tell you to do. And you think they mean the best for you, but a lot of our parents are operating out of their own trauma. You know? Right. So I, being a black man and really having self-awareness... That's powerful. Yes. So many of us are just living on autopilot, and it does nothing but damage us and the people that we love. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's make it more fluffy. Okay. Well, let's. Talk- I love getting deep. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I enjoy this. I'm enjoying this conversation. Again, it's therapeutic mm-hmm. to be on a mic like this. Um, oh, yeah. So um, let's talk about your cleaning line. Oh my gosh. Yes. I kind of don't know if I am ready to talk about that because okay. it's still in flux, and I'm. Being an entrepreneur is... Boy, talk about it. Talk about it. Baby. <laughs> and the thing is, I be applying to like regular jobs and they decline my stuff so quick. Mm. I'm like, Lord, let me check my record. What's going on? Like, <laughs> they decline my shit quick. I'm like, what in the world? And I don't know. But I remember being walked out of a place, out of Bank of America. You know who you were. Um <laughs> I would walk out of that building. And I told that woman, you're going to see me on TV one day. She'd be like, I'm sure I will. I was like, bitch. <laughs> and I told God, I ain't never going back to corporate America. And God has been honoring that. And I wish he would stop. Mm. So do so you, petty. and that's one of the th- the, uh, the things that I, I show, because I also, because, you know, I am, a, I've been an entrepreneur for um, over a decade now. Ooh. And, um, I've gone between having a full-time job, uh, working corporate, and then mm-hmm. tra- going off on my own and not having a job. And, you know, it's a, a liberating feeling, let me tell you. It it's, but you have to be ready for the entire experience. Oh and I feel actors are also entrepreneurs, right? Because you guys, are, you're living from gig to gig. 
right? You don't know when the next one is going to come, mm-hmm. but you just do the best you can every single day. Mm-hmm. And as an, and I feel like all of it is inclusive as far as like you have to be disciplined mm-hmm. and trained mm-hmm. um, for when that time comes. Because if you're slacking off, um, if you're not applying, uh, learning and applying yourself every sure. single day, you're going to miss something. And when you miss that opportunity, now you have to build up that momentum again. And hopefully another opportunity will come. So uh, as an entrepreneur, I've had my woes. Oh, I've had my woes. I've Mm -hmm. had to borrow money from friends. I've had friends that, you know, see me in a state where I'm not used to Mm -hmm. being without. Mm -hmm. And um, when I'm without, I feel extremely uncomfortable. It makes you very uncomfortable because you don't want to be a burden. Right. You don't want to ask people for help, but you also want to be helped because you help everyone else. <laughs> so it's, uh, have, have you been in that scenario, being on both sides where you you recognize someone that needed it because you you saw it in yourself that you've been in that place before? Um, I would you have to restate that question. So have you have you been in a scenario where you felt like what were you? Been on both sides where you recognize someone that you're close to mm-hmm. that is struggling, but and they're putting in the effort to work, mm-hmm. or being, or and have you been in that scenario where someone reached out to you um, and helped you out? Okay, and what did that yeah. feel like? Um, with this in this in this in this business, doing my own thing has really changed my relationship with uh, with God. Like I understand God in a different way now. Like God does not. For the entrepreneur, I've learned that God is not really passive. And you can't sit at home and pray like, Lord, please like bring bring a check to my doorstep. You need to get your ass up. Mm-hmm. And you need to figure work. out what you need to do mm-hmm. to get that check to your doorstep. Mm-hmm. God doesn't reward uh, inaction, like faith without works. Mm-hmm. Like what you going to get up is deal. Yeah. Hello. So that's the thing. Like It's taught me that I need to put my best foot forward. And baby, there was a time when I was finna sell my uh, computer. Okay? And one of the places... I don't know why I thought you were going somewhere else. <laughs> if I could, I would. Ain't okay. nothing stopping you. Go ahead. There's something stopping me. There's something stopping me. Okay. But, um... I was about to sell it. And I was... And that was hard, man, because one of my clients were not paying on time mm-hmm. and it was ridiculous and I had a work or two and I was like and I hate keeping I, I will not hire anybody if I cannot pay them I'm not that type of individual yeah. um, so I was about to pawn my computer and lo and behold I went to one place they gave me one price I was like I probably get a better place I was like God I'm out here working like I need you to figure this thing out and um, I went out there and I found like a title cash place or some bullshit like that beside the pawn shop. And I was like, I've never seen this place here before. I said, I ain't going to qualify, but I'm just going to go in anyway. And while I qualified for what I needed, mm. and uh, I was able to pay my guy, I was able to get what I need to get done, then I was able to like restore everything back to square base. But that time was very hard for me because you think that I'm doing what I need to do. Like, God, why aren't you you know, filling my baskets? And <clears throat> The harvest people be like, your harvest is coming in, but maybe to collect your harvest takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes work to plant, it takes mm-hmm. work to pluck, collect it, then you gotta cook it. You gotta <laughs> wash the dishes. <laughs> Bitch, give me a job. <laughs> give me a nine to five, a ten to six. 
Shit. So when you say so when oh, you it is. so uh before we wrap up, I wanted to ask um social media. Oh Lord. Uh, when you see individuals on social media, right? Mm -hmm. And social media is what people put out there is what we see, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you ever get, like, frustrated seeing the individuals on there and it seems like it's so easy for them to just get all these likes, these um, the monetization from their posts? And you're like, I'm trying my damn hardest to, to to do this and promote this product that I have and no one's liking it, but if I you know, you see someone that is chiseled and, you know, and they get all the likes. Do I have to shift and sell, uh, be sexy to just get someone to see? Have you ever had a moment where you had to say, you know what? I don't know how to pivot because that's not my way of doing things. But should I consider it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a smorgasbord of like emotions. Like I'd be on there. I'd be dry hating. I'd be jealous. I get motivated. <laughs> I get inspired. I get jealous, and I get, <laughs> and I be like, "Bitch, what? How the fuck?" <laughs> then I get like, "Like, oh my gosh, I want to do that." Like, I get encouraged, but then I be like, "Let me throw this phone in the pool because I don't want to do this shit no more." Mm-hmm. I delete my Instagram. It takes too much. Like, it's all about appearances, and I find myself shying away more from Instagram because it uh, triggers insecurities. It, I'm not a naturally envious person at all. So, or a dry hating person at all. So, if I'm looking at stuff, I'm like, man, nigga, I could do this shit. Let me, let me do the opposite. <laughs> let me say, congratulations. <laughs> like, I try to, I, tr- I'm noticed that I'm not what I think. I'm what I do. Mm-hmm. So, I can always do that. I can always do opposite of what I, what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling to bring myself in a place of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So, I try my best to do that. Um. <clears throat> I really am very close to just um, divesting from all social media. I kind of want to go back to just being easy. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so much of our success we think is you know, predicated upon how many followers you got. But that don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Followers do not always equal um, money. money. <laughs> if we cycle back to Chloe Bailey, how many followers she got? Oh, she got, got hella, she got hella followers. She got a hell of a lot. And she, what was it? <laughs> hell of a lot. I don't repeat. <laughs> <laughs> we got footage. I'll run the back. It's fine. <laughs> she got a lot. Okay. And how many units did she sell? I don't know the numbers. I don't. You talking about albums? She sold 10,000. Albums? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. I didn't know. Are you talking about this, this last? Yep. Hmm. And 10,000 is I'm a like. That's not a lot. That's minuscule. Compared to what you compared to what she should have gotten. Mm. If you look at her followers compared to her sales, that's abysmal. So she sold ten thousand units. Nope. She sold ten thousand units. And that's That's crazy. That's not streams, it's just units specifically. Yep, I think so, yep. Wow. And it's kind of disheartening, but that's the lane that we live in. So it's all about smoke and mirrors. And now you can buy your own badges. If I worked as hard as I know some people have worked to get a badge, I would have been pissed. <laughs> but since I don't have one, I'm delighted. <laughs> Bring your ass down here with us, with us niggas. We all the same, right? <laughs> it's a badge. It's a blue check. That don't make you no better than nobody else. Yes. But if I work for it, I'm better than y'all. So I I'm actually... Playing. I'm so playing. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we, I actually got the... <laughs> 
I got the uh, blue check myself. And so. You did? I did. How do you feel? What did you get? A batch. <laughs> they don't mail you like a monthly line. No. You, you, but you, like you said, you still got to put in the work. You, you still got to put in the work. If I get a batch, I want my post in chronological order. <laughs> what do we get? <laughs> God damn it. No, you got to still put in the work. Uh, the work right that sucks. Um, well, Brian, uh, we definitely appreciate you for coming on. Thank y'all. Make some noise for him. <laughs> How can they uh, follow you? You can follow me on your current social medias that are active. on. Um, I had to I had to get a new Instagram because mine got hacked. hijacked. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. That, that's some scammers. And that really um, discouraged me because I'm like, man, fuck the bullshit. <laughs> um, but um, you can follow me on Brian with an I, Johns underscore official. Uh, that's Brian Johns underscore official. Mm-hmm. I got oh, to use my damn self on Instagram. On Twitter, I believe it's I am Brian Johns. You can figure it out. <laughs> and my website is BrianJohnsOfficial.com. I know official is like a SAT word, but y'all got it. Not an SAT word. <laughs> It'd be hard for me. I'd be like O F F. I'd be like, what? <laughs> well, we appreciate you for coming on the show, and thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, the visuals and the audio will be dropped soon. And we'll check y'all out next time. Oh shit! What happened? And, um, yep. I forgot to tell you if y'all want like a <laughs> if y'all want a cleaning product, uh, I have I a whole pack of spray. To talk about it. I'm sorry, I forgot. Um, <laughs> I go to. Forgot, I, I, I didn't think about a promoting. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Promoting. Okay, ask him again. Let's we piece it together. Ask I don't want again. to. Just go to We Are Positively. That's hard to. Y'all just go to. Is it on your website? No, <laughs> it's a different website. Um, go, wearepositivelyclean.com. Okay. And you can get an all-purpose spray that's all natural, non-toxic, and it cleans any surface. Yep. That's what I wanted you to talk about earlier. I got depressed. <laughs> I fucking did. Thank y'all for joining. We'll talk to y'all later. <laughs>